We're in the zone. The zone is around us. The zone has found us. We've found the I zone. Here we go. We are one with the zone. I'm one with zone. Zone is me and I am zone. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, was that Sylvester Stallone starring in style? <laughs> I'm one with the force and the force is with me. Welcome to Naughty Kids, the podcast where we explore the best of that halcyon age when things were better, dungarees were worse, and the Spice Girls ruled with an iron fist. It is, of course, the late 90s and early noughties. I'm Josh Hinton, 1994 to present. And I'm Joey Hart, 1994 to moderate, turning good later. And that's a shipping forecast. This week, we're careering down the potholed lane of memory to discuss again toys. I had difficulty holding it together while you were doing that. That was excellent. Thank you. <laughs> that was the shipping <laughs> forecast. I love it. Very good. Very good. Now, to far too much Radio 4. Uh, yes. That's, that's, actually, that's another opportunity to do some Peter Serafinowicz, isn't it? Can you do that in Peter Serafinowicz's voice? Uh, which bit? The, oh, shipping the shipping forecast. forecast. 1994 to <laughs> moderate and <laughs> good later. Very good. Now, as as we uh, as has become tradition, and I realise that we say that in every episode. I think anyone that's listened to this podcast has probably realised it's tradition by now. So we should just start well, doing it instead of saying that's that. what tradition means, though, isn't it? That's we, there's something you do all the time, but nobody that's knows tr- what quite why. It, well, true, but it's, I'm not sure it's usually a tradition to say it's a tradition before you do the tradition. Oh well, traditionally, I don't think so. No. The tradition <laughs> well, of traditions. That can be our tradition. Anyway, our tradition is a little foley at the start of an episode. Now, I've just realised that the uh, the cord on this foley is is a bit short, and oh, there we go. It's all right. All is all is well. And I think it's quite going to be quite loud. So now, readers, <laughs> this is such a terrible idea. Readers, listeners, and viewers, I hope this is going to work and not fly off and and kill me. For for all of our visual listeners, I think they're going to really enjoy this. Yes, it's time to establish. A sense of place and space. Jingle. Sensitive viewers, look away from your radios now. Yes, please please do. Here it goes. Thank you. All, all I'm getting is a, is a thunderstorm underwater. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Very good. Clever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I brought myself a glass of water and installed a thunderstorm beneath the surface, and that was what yeah. that was. A miniature thunderstorm. That was a Tefal Compact 2000. Oh, that's my favourite. It uh, is. I, it's I, a good I was, always, I was very fond of the Tefal Compact 1500, but I, I think they really eclipsed themselves with the, with the 2000. The 2000 was a particularly good model. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you can tell uh, just from the sound that it, it, as it says on the label, was made in France. There's a very it, French tone to that. It has. It has that oh, oh, to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's yeah. like if it was going to carry on that sentence, it would say, Je m'appelle. <laughs> there we are. So that was the Foley. Some place and some space has been established. Uh, now, this is our second episode talking about toys. And we, we were looking at our list this morning. And, and I mean, there's just so much to talk about that it may be that maybe we shouldn't have gone off with toys. Maybe we should have, have helped ourselves by saying, this is an episode about a particular kind of toys, and then this yeah. is another episode about a totally different kind of... Anyway, as it happens, this is going to be a mini-series, potentially, about toys, because we have many things to talk about. And we're going to kick off with toy trains this week, are we? Oh, I'd, I'd love to. Okay. But never never kick a toy train. Never never tick a toy train. That is, that is rule one of playing with toy trains, is don't kick them. They're not foot-operated. We'll save that insight for the programme. Well, I mean, as we are recording, using the magic of c- cinema, you'll be able to s- snip and cut. I mean, that's where the, the word, th- this section can fall to the cutting room floor. And then as you, you know, gaze upon a shaft of light coming in through the window, illuminating dust as it goes, it will illuminate this particular clip as it lies upon the floor, uh, strewn with the waste that, that could have gone in but never made it. And you will pluck it gingerly gently and, and put it back in somewhere appropriate i'm just fascinated by the fact you said illuminating i'm picturing a piece of cheese coming through the window <laughs> slapping just, gently onto the it's, onto the piece it, of it film. comes from the shape of the the beam of light it it, it just resembles <laughs> an, a, a loomy shaped beam of light well i think today we need to we need to 
keep on track. We need to uh, rail against uh, getting distracted. We need to we need to go through some serious training uh, to make sure we're going to get this right. Did you write all these down beforehand? I, I I didn't. I had no coaching. Toy trains. Toy trains. This is it. This is where it gets exciting. Now this is this is an, a, a section that I have little to bring to because I didn't have one, but I, I have was around a them. Couple so. of things to talk about here. Very good. Go on. Yes. What? 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 Describe for us maybe the situation to which your mind returns in the late nineties and early noughties when when we raised the topic of toy trains. For those listeners who perhaps didn't have a toy train, I'm sorry. Yes, we're awfully sorry for your loss. Um, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Yes, but it's not too late, as we discussed last week. You can, in fact, go onto eBay and buy things now that you're a grown-up. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Uh, <laughs> we haven't had that one yet. That's no, very good. <laughs> Do it. Good. Right, so, <laughs> toy trains. I, 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 I received my first toy train when I was uh, but a mere lad. Ah, uh, the butt youngins. Uh, they have returned. Uh, when, we, when I was but a youngin. Um Yes, it was. It was great. I had. It wasn't a, a scale model as such. It was a Playmobil railway, which was Ooh. odd because Playmobil was expensive. But it wasn't the kind of uh, classic Playmobil. It was the children's children version of Playmobil, where everything was a bit more blobby. A technical term, and I had a, I had a model railway, and the exciting bit about this wasn't actually the model railway bit of it, so much as smudge as. Smutch as, smutch as. Um, the fact that isn't my... he a Swede? Yeah, smutch as. Sven smutch as. This man for jazz. Um, uh, was that my my father disappeared into the garage father. for some time? Sorry. Sorry, I'm interrupting your story. Carry on. Father um, disappeared into the garage for some time, and reappeared with 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 two fantastic things. Number one, a bridge made of sweet Ooh. sweet oak. Sweet, sweet um, oak. Sweet, sweet oak. Um, I've still got these. They're in the they're in the lounge in a box. What sort of a bridge? A, 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 like for going a over railway what? bridge. Strange. Well, don't say. But like, I'm I'm try- like, did it just sit so, on the floor? It, or did you have something that needed so, bridging? So the original Playmobil railway came with track that you could build an oval out of. So it had two ends and then two sets of straight between, which right. was very boring. But what my, my, my dad worked out is if he built a bridge, you could go for the figure of eight and you'd have the bridge as the bit going over the middle. Now, uh-huh. in terms of realism, this was not so great because the train had to climb an incredibly steep hill to get onto the bridge and then an incredibly steep hill back down again. And realism um, is a very important component of toy trains. Which, yeah, well, it, it's just not something that happens in reality as gradients can only be kind of one in 50, I think, at most. Ah, yes. Here come the issues. Without assistance of you know a rack and pinion or perhaps cable guides, much um, your language, please. Yes, yes. So, so you had a bridge and you had a, a figure of eight, and yes, and, and, and so the the young bridge. Joey, but young and came running into the room and said, "Father, what is this?" Yes, well, exactly. I think it was a Christmas present. It was very, very exciting. But the bridge wasn't even the most exciting bit because he also built a railway station. Ooh, and it was beautiful. And I have still got it in a box. That's lovely. And and it had the platform, and then it had the, the station building, and the station building had a roof, and you could take them apart so that you could put it in the box safely without breaking anything. And then it had two little wooden benches that clipped on the back of it really nicely. And he'd put, he'd cut out a, a watch face from the Argos catalogue and glued it on <laughs> so it had a, had a, a station clock. And he'd painted it so it said York, it was York Station. Excellent. And it was beautifully painted, and it was just the nicest thing. And uh, I think of all the kind of childhood toys, that's the one which stands out the most as precious. Ah, oh, that's lovely. Uh, and and as such, for my dad's fiftieth birthday, um, Iona and I went all out, and we rebuilt this same station, um, but kind of real looking, um, using laser cut pieces of ply that I designed on the computer. And then Iona's excellent painting skills were employed to make it very nice um, for my dad's garden railway so he ha- has a exact copy of the station he made me as a child no he wasn't a child i was a child um he made me 
he has that in his garden as his, as his garden railway station what what scale is it in the garden because it's quite it's, big so actually, isn't it it turned out it's the same scale as playmobile the the figures are almost identical in size it, it oh i thought it was bigger well. than that but i went a bit i went mad as you'd expect and i made the benches very ornate with fine uh, twisted kind of they looked like raw tie filigree filigree is a good word isn't it filigree it's a great word filigree um, yes it's a bit fiddly to spell but um, it had a working clock so I actually got a watch oh wow uh, that's what I thought it. you were going to say when you mentioned about putting out a watch face I thought you meant he'd, he'd got a watch and embedded it but I was the, but a boy uh, he is a man so like you were you get working clocks you were happy with a paper clock for your father i was happy i mean i couldn't tell the difference but it was about time <laughs> he got a proper clock and and that was gonna you know that that wasn't not gonna happen on my watch oh dear you need to stop it <laughs> Outrageous. You're, gonna hand, you're gonna have to hand it to me no i will not no handing F- none at all fa- face it <laughs> outrageous move on <laughs> So, so I, thought was, your, I thought your dad's railway in the back garden was like big enough for your small siblings to ride on. I thought it was. I thought it was huge. I I had this picture in my no, head of it being quite big. It's not. It's not that big. It's called SM32. So it uses ah. O gauge track, ah. which is about uh, two and a half inches, two inch gauge between the tracks, and then oh, okay. it's a narrow gauge railway. So the, the locos are quite a bit bigger. Um, so your your children, your your siblings probably. Even though some of them are quite small, probably can't ride on a two-inch wide. No, no, train. they can't. They can't. That's a shame. Maybe, maybe yeah, you should try harder. But it does have a great whistle. It's it's live steam and radio controlled. That's very cool. So it has all the little servos that control the live steam functions of this. It's a real steam engine. That's the cool thing. I love it. That's brilliant. And and it had a <laughs> installed in it a realistic chuffer. A realistic chuffer. Because steam, when it's on a small steam engine, doesn't make the same sounds as it does on a very big steam engine because there's not as much steam. It's more like a so yeah. So he has rather to. Than a chuff, chuff, chuff. It's got a chuffer, which is a little resonator you can attach. So it actually makes it. a realist makes a, a realistic chuffing sound. <laughs> Although presumably, actually, that's an unrealistic chuffing sound because well, is it, is it yes. like putting a scrambler on the end of your of your Peugeot two hundred six exhaust pipe? That's exactly that what, it what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's it's the same it's noise the, <laughs> that you might. It's get. the model railway equivalent of a chav banger car making a noise like a Lotus Elise. That's brilliant. Exactly, exactly. So it goes. Which is now that should have been one. our foley. Why didn't you bring the train and we could have foleyed the train? That would have been brilliant. Do you have a toy train or anything like that that we could use in future episodes? Uh, well, I could ask or my a dad steam to engine. record some 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 audio. No, we, we, you should build. And that's what you should do in your workshop. You should build a steam train that we can that we can foley. Oh, yes, maybe next Ooh. episode, you yeah. should be in your garage and we can foley interesting things in your garage. We could have naughty bo- naughty boys. <laughs> that's not what we're called. <laughs> <laughs> naughty kids. Naughty kids on tour. Yes. Uh, on location. Yes. Anyway, I think yes. I think that could work. Uh, toy train. My... So that was the first toy train. That's very good. Did you ever have? Um, I because I never had. Did you ever have the wooden? Was it called Brio or something? The wooden toy trains? Uh, no, I didn't. Ha- Having said I didn't have toy trains, you know, I realised, of course, what I, what I didn't have was I didn't have um, powered toy trains. I didn't. I didn't okay. have a you know an electric one, but I did have lots and lots and lots of Thomas Tank Engine push along oh. diecast yeah. toy trains, and they were actually really lovely because they were yeah they they were metal. They weren't you know they weren't kind of yes you know disposable things they were quite heavy hard wearing and um and i had i had plastic track for them there wasn't really track it was just like flat um flat plastic but with you know like uh a rail look like tracks kind of yeah yeah um but i had loads i had yeah i had i had all the all the different engines and carriages to go with them and and uh box cars and all sorts of things but they were rather brilliant i do remember sitting and pushing them around the figure of eight round 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 again the thing was i i was never really all that interested in toys as a kid because i'm i'm a performative introvert so i need people to look at me and clap and say bravo aren't you aren't you clever and toys didn't do that so i would much rather play with people um and once i had a younger sister once i was two and a half i was much more interested in interacting with her than than with toys um, so I, I my, my sort of abiding memory of these of these Thomas Tank Engine trains was like they were absolutely brilliant, they were lovely. I always always wanted new ones. Whenever we went to the, did you ever go to the early learning centre? Talking of memories um, now, 
I remember going to the early learning centre. We never bought anything in there because I seem to remember it was rather expensive. It was brilliant. It was like it was like small child heaven. It was just full of cool stuff that that did interesting things, and they. They sold Thomas the Tank Engine. So whenever we went to the ELC, and it, usually when we went to York for a day, actually. Oh, you, you, you abbreviated it. You never called it the Early Learning Centre. Like, no, ELC. no, we were cool. ELC. We were cool. We knew we knew the Early Learning Centre personally, and so we could call it the ELC. And, I just uh, called it Early. <laughs> First name to us. Hello, hello, earlier. Can we go to Early today? And, um, yeah, and I always wanted one. And then I get it home, push it around a little bit, and be like, well, I've pushed it around a circle twice. I think the... Uh, the full limits of the entertainment here have been reached. It was at this point your 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 parents should have stepped in and gone. This child needs a Hornby model railway. <laughs> needs to should. take things to the next level. Well, I always used to dream of us converting our our attic into, which is obviously where toy trains naturally live, into some no, sort of playroom in which haunt. we could yes. put put the. the but. Um, we didn't have enough money for that, and I think it would it would have been jolly complicated because the whole attic was full of um, ghosts. Yes, they were very noisy. Um, they just take up called? so much room. Fiberglass. Oh, insulation. Oh, insulation. wait, is your loft not is your loft not converted? No, well, quite exactly. That's what I mean. I always wanted my parents to convert it, and they oh, were like, see. Oh, "Don't I see. be ridiculous." So that was quite a dream then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been. It would have been great. There. I mean, it it was not a big attic. It would have been very small and it had rafters going all around it so you would have been constantly but then that's my only other memory related to toy trains is i did have a friend who did have a converted attic which did have toy trains in it oh, wow. and um and was full of rafters and, and it was brilliant he had like one one side of the room the walls were were all shelves and it was covered in if the shelves were all full of the trains and the track and you know all that stuff and then oh, it was right, a pro- right. proper big one you know table going all the way around the room yeah. um but the problem with it was if you if your train came off the track, which of course they did every like twenty seconds, and it was on the other side of the attic, which you know yep. fairly That's high it. chance it would be, you then had to undergo what was a sort of SAS style obstacle course to get is over it, the rafters under the tables, avoiding lasers as you went. Kind it, of style. it felt like that, yeah. And you know, of course, the whole everything on the table is deeply fragile, and you know, little models of cows and all that, and you've got to get to the other side of the room and go. And put the train back on the track, and then do the whole thing again in reverse, and then you go press the train, and it comes around the corner and falls off again, and then you're back under the table. So it wasn't the most fun pursuit, I don't think, really. But ah, I see. I didn't have a friend who who had one in the loft, but I did have a friend who had it in his spare room. But this spare room was used for when guests came round, and in order for the guests not to disturb this model railway, and I mean this thing was the size of the room. Amazing, and it was incredible. And he had the most expensive trains. And he had so so many of them. It had no scenery. It was very boring. Hmm. But the exciting thing about this was, and his name was Jonathan, as all of my friends at that time were, um, <laughs> was that it descended on wires from the ceiling electronically. Ooh. It was motorized. So you what? went into the room and you couldn't see the railway. You could just see the bottom of the board up at the ceiling. Oh, and then what? you stood standing in the middle of the room. You pressed a button and down descended. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's amazing. This model railway. And it was absolutely fantastic. I bet he picked up loads of chicks with that. That's incredible. Well, it's funny you say that. But at the old boys school we went to, I don't think he did. Oh, it's a real shame. I, I mean, I bet his parents put him in an all boys school because they were like, "We've built him this this model where he'll just be a danger in a mixed school." That's it. Yeah, he, he'd just be too cool. <laughs> too he'd be cool. bringing home girls at the age of ten. He'd be bringing hey, home baby. girls every day. You want to see my lowering railway? Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Inception noise. <laughs> Dubstep <laughs> railway. Dubstep. <laughs> 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 It's no, no real. Well, I could, it could still have a realistic chuffer, but it would just be a different kind of chuffing. It would be the. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is a whole. We keep coming up with wonderful niches that no one has exploited yet. The dubstep community and the The railway community. Railway community, exactly. Don't tell me that there aren't model railway enthusiasts out there who don't love a bit of Skrillex on the weekend. I bet there are. Rail step. Rail step. Yeah. Dub. Dub train. Way. Dub way. Dub train could absolutely be a be a genre. A dub train, I'd listen to it. I mean, there is a quite good um, remix of Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh yes, I've heard that. The dubstep Thomas good. the Tank. The dubstep Thomas the Tank Engine. Now Thomas the Tank, 
Did you have anything else to say about this descending railway? Because it sounds like there might also be, you know, lasers or smoke machines or something else that came with it. I feel I think that was in the in the pipeworks. I don't think he'd actually finished the the full laser array. What was what was I mean, did his parents think we want to give him a model railway, but they're quite big and we don't want the room to be permanently full of the model railway. And so and their solution was I mean, how did it even work? Was it with with the like motors there was, there were, drilled into the ceiling or what, what was it? Yeah. There were four winches in the loft. His, da- his dad was an electrical or mechanical engineer of some sort. And um, yeah, there were, so there were four electric motors in the loft. So all you could see in the room was the holes coming through the ceiling with the four steel cables coming down to the corners of the board. That's incredible. It, it really was something to behold. That's absolutely incredible. I but as I say, it was it. quite a boring railway because it was just this loop. And I mean, yeah, I mean, he had so he had so many trains, and they were all set up in sidings or whatever. Yeah. And but there was just no scenery, so you couldn't really go. Oh, the train is going through the station. I'll stop it at the station. And there was no kind of element of play. It was just it's going round the track. It was a bit like our scale electrics issue. Oh yeah. Just in that round and round. once it had gone round the track a couple of times, you're like, now it's gone round the track. Yeah. And as cool as the trains looked, it gets a bit boring if there's nothing else. You've got it's play you've got to play with it so there's got to be a story there you've got to have a little town as you say you've got to have the cow that's been knocked over by the giant <laughs> you've got to have all of these things otherwise it's, it's true. just not so fun although in fairness if if your train track descends from the ceiling then you probably I know that, that's good a lot enough. of fun haven't you by the time it arrives you just sat there <laughs> <laughs> do it again do it again up down, up, down. <laughs> brilliant brilliant My, yeah Thomas Tank Engine um is my, my my other um did you railways. read the books we did have or the books and they were a bit strange the weren't they i seem to remember they were a bit a bit trippy almost i have oh. me- i have memory they, they were I, I, the, I the morals a lot of time were very the, books. the morals in the stories were very authoritarian well this is exactly my point i was going to say my this is slightly skipping ahead to our tv planned planned tv episode but um one of the earliest instances of sort of trauma in my life you know right. you know as a child when you discover the world's not all good and yeah. uh and for me and one it was of those in moments a thomas w- the tank engine story like. it was it was uh okay. because okay. we had a video a, a, a vhs um of of uh of the you know the best of thomas the tank engine or series one or something whatever it was and was it um, voiced by ringo star it was thomas by wasn't ringo happy star. i want to be the best <laughs> trade in the whatever he said <laughs> <laughs> you started strong, and then you I started crashed. strong. I started. Really oh, well, and then yeah, starring Bob Dylan. Someone's taking him. Look, down the track. Thank you. You've gone a bit. You've gone a bit. Kind of, hey, stick 'em bars. See? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. It's just generic gangster, isn't it? Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It's like a gangster. Anyway, yes. So the story. The story. There was a, a naughty truck. Like one of one of the one yes of the little, yes the um, trucks the trucks were working class they were yes the trains were all terribly hillier and the and the trucks were all right and one of them was oh, called right. Scruffy so he was even right. more working class than the others brilliant and, uh, and there and was they, one called Scruffy <laughs> <laughs> and like you say authoritarian uh, certainly uh, you know you you're, you're being trained here to equiv- equivocate uh, uh, you know being being badly dressed or or poorly turned out with being evil. Uh, yeah. Which Scruffy was? He was the bad train, the naughty train. And what happened in this episode was he threw through badness. I can't remember exactly what the how it happened, but he ended up coupled to two trains, and he oh. was like stopping them both from going about their useful duty to society oh, wow. uh, because they were you know pulling in opposite directions. And over the course of what felt like five or ten minutes, Scrappy was or Scruffy rather was slowly pulled apart by these two trains, busy oh, trying to get on with their socially administered duties. And the and the, 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 the climax of the episode comes when he is he suddenly bursts apart and you know, flies into a million pieces and there's just like his face is left on the floor, you know, the bit at the front of the trains they always had a face oh, on it. Like my ah goodness. But it you know, the tension built and built and built and built. And yeah. it absolutely traumatised me. I was like, I don't want to watch the episode where the train gets ripped into pieces. That's horrendous. <laughs> it's quite bad, isn't it? I'd never seen that episode. It's always they're always trying to be really useful engines. I seem to remember, mm, mm. which I I quite liked as a child because I wanted to be a really useful engine. 
Yes. You, it gave you a sense of, you know, wanting to please whoever it is that, you know, your teachers or whoever is important in your life. Well, I suppose your parents as well at that point. Yeah, the fat controller. Anyway, I had a, I had a model railway myself. Oh, did you? Have we, not, have we not talked about all your model railways yet? We haven't talked about any of them yet. Cause we, Good Lord. Well, let's carry on then. We've become somewhat distracted. So I, I started with clockwork trains, and I had a clockwork Percy, and I had a clockwork Toby. <laughs> I got a clockwork Percy, I have. But I got a clockwork Toby. And don't even look at it, it's mine. Um, uh, they were great. And uh, I think, did we say this last week, that they went round the track very quick? Yes, we did, and that they flew off because they went far too they fast. They flew off. Well, I, I, I graduated from the world of clockwork into the world of electricity, uh, which was very exciting because you can now make the trains go a bit slower. And my dad gave me his railway engine from late 70s, um, which was a little 040, it was blue, and it had three little blue carriages, and it was lovely. And that was my first train, and then I slowly built up what I had, different Christmas presents, and this and that, and yeah, I've got quite a collection, it's all in a box somewhere. And then I got Could to you... a point where I was an adult, and I, I bought a whole bunch more, and I haven't actually played with it since then, and I really need to, do you still have yeah. all the track and everything? I've got everything. I've still got the board in the garage. Oh my gosh! What? With all with all the tracks. You guys tell me. It. I've known you for how many years, and I've never once played trains. No. What? what? Well, this we're, is an hoping, outrage. we're hoping when we've got a bit more space, we'll we'll get the railway board out properly. Yes. Like I I want it to be at least a fixture under a bed that you can just pull out for guests. I think you know a, what you need to do. I think you know you need to drill some holes in your ceiling and have it lower <laughs> from <laughs> exactly. the ceiling. I do. I do. I need to buy some winches. That's what I need to do. Yes. I mean, I know you can do it, you know, with your Land Rover building on the side business. You can definitely rig up. Maybe you could do a Jeremy Clarkson and rig it up to a V6. A, a V6 model railway. I, I can't no, no, see no, any... the, the, the raising and lowering. The raising oh, and lowering. Oh, I see. The smashes into Boom! the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an excellent idea. I think that's a brilliant, yeah, that would be good. Do you specialise in any particular variety of of uh of thing you know did you did you only go for the the trains of the golden age of steam or or or, or only square metal you know diesel type jobs or anything like that or did you just my favorite was the schools class locomotive and it was the same locomotive that was my dad's favorite and he has a model of it and i have a model of one and mine's called radley and his is called stowe and they were named after public schools of the 19 you know whatever 60s <laughs> oh it's so english i might die it was so <laughs> well actually no these sorry these locomotives were built in the 40s so public schools of the 1940s and they were they were called the schools class, and they were all named after incredibly posh schools. Oh, see, none of them were called inner city London Tower Hamlets Polly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, none of them were called Milvan Street Primary School. Um, <laughs> well, wouldn't that be hilarious if they were? I would. I think that'd be an excellent idea. Yeah, this train pulled by Milvan Street Primary School, which is a reference which I don't think anybody is going to get. Not even, even me, which is a Not new one. You. Normally, I I'll get them. I'll tell you what the reference is after the episode. Oh, suspense. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I got more and more enthused by that. But then when you go to university, you have kind of a pause for all of this sort of thing. <laughs> You're right there. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm just dying. Yeah, it's it, you, you do have a... It's, uh, you can't really turn up to university with a toy train set with you. No. No. Although, um, again, so... again, you would be a serious threat in the dating scene if you did. Well, this, this is why I think it's discouraged and you actually don't see a lot of model railways because people, you know, it, it, it'd be too much. It, you'd be walking around with it on your shoulder like yeah, if anyone like wants to come box. back to my place and check yeah. these out and then there'd be, a, there'd be a line of people following behind you. A train, a train of people. A train of people, exactly. Yeah. And the university would have to shut you down as the centre of many illegal raves. But when you finish university, you've had that chance to reflect and you go, actually, I'm not a, a railway enthusiast. I don't want to be a sad old man in a shed. I'm going, it's a toy train. And I like playing with toy trains and that's fine. But I'm not going to take it any more seriously than that. Yes. And this, for the listeners with good memories, was the argument we had last time. And in case you hadn't picked it up, toy trains, not model railways. <laughs> I think we should talk about Lego. Oh, I like Lego. I think Lego is a good thing to talk about. That's a good second half of an episode, isn't it? I think we can we can really build on that. Lego. Oh no. <laughs> Go on, get them out of your system. Have you got something put together? <laughs> my brain just doesn't work this way. I'm 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 like I'm freewheeling my head trying to think of something that I can't. I just my brain just does you're, not work this way. You're bricking it. 
I'll give you one more and then we're moving on. I don't think I've got any more. Oh, good. I've got nothing. I'm sorry. That's what I think of that. Flush. Um, Lego is Lego. Lego is Lego is brilliant. Who doesn't love Lego? I I think. I mean, talk about toys that you still want to play with when you're an adult. I, oh, absolutely. I would still be so excited if I got a whacking great box of Lego for Christmas. I just, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Now, but would you want a whacking great box of just Lego pieces? And you create whatever you fancy, or would you like one of these now very expensive Lego kits of something? I sense and a you hobby just horse. Follow the instructions perfectly and create whatever it is that Lego have decreed that you should create. Well, I I see where you're going with this. I I can feel your your Daily Mail comment arising, but I think the two need not be in opposition because what we always did as kids was we would get the kits that yes, you know, were like yeah. build a speedboat or whatever and it had you know speedboat specific bits but yes. also lots of just standard lego blocks um and you'd build it and play with it for a bit and then you'd break it up and you'd put it in the bucket with all the uh, other lego bits and we had a excellent. huge great big bucket full of lego and then then you built spaceships which is what lego was truly meant for uh, uh, that, as you know, Space up! Complete... that is a... <laughs> That's a good reference that is an excellent description of exactly i think what you should do with lego yes you get a yeah. kit you build the kit you've done it you've gone now i know how to build this kit and then it goes in the box with everything else and then the next time you build it it's twice the size and it has cannons and yeah. it flies and, and exactly do you remember those little bits of, of fire that came with some things do you, do you, yes. did you, do you remember and then and you'd put them in the engines and and have it looking like it had fire coming out of the it, engines of course you would it was exactly. brilliant absolutely brilliant and 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 you'd always have them be immensely long and complicated and they'd look like star destroyers wouldn't they you know big triangular things and oh. and there'd always be a little man with a with a, <laughs> a motorbike helmet on sitting in the middle like yeah <laughs> i loved it yeah, so yeah you'd have to always work out how do i fit this very strange shapes not human at all proportioned person somehow in this craft so it sort of makes sense yeah and it's a spaceship, but inadvertently he just had a little windshield in front of him because you. Were That's right. Yes. From there, <laughs> that's, that's all you had. You never, you never enclose him. No, you just have a little, then you a little see tiny him. little whoop, little windshield <laughs> for the solar winds to just bounce off. Yes, exactly. That's how it works. Just to stop space getting in his face. <laughs> I got space in my face. Uh, it was it was just brilliant. Space face. I'm trying to think what 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 of course because the other the other thing that, you know because Lego had all of its spin-offs didn't it like Bionicle, which was which yeah was brilliant. I had a Bionicle which I think I had a lot by a obscure uncle or something at some point. I I I had quite a few they 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 were a good, I think because they they were the sort of thing that was very exciting for me getting a new mm. and they came they came I mean they they're really cleverly packaged actually because they came sort of packaged as though the, the whole sort of mythology around Bionicles was that they were sort of like dormant almost like gods you know that the islanders Guardians discovered and, and they yeah, yeah. And, and so they came packaged in such a way that it was like you'd bought you know the thing that the villagers found them in underground and then you you yeah, built yeah. them they're brilliant and, and the li- i think you could use the lid as a shield or something couldn't you? yeah that's right yeah it came that's definitely sort of, the packaging thing. was part of the fun which is which is an excellent idea and definitely should should catch on more um and one year the thing that i wanted for my main christmas present was the villain from the Bionicle universe who was called Makuta. Right. It was this huge, it was massive, you know, huge everything. thing. It probably stood about a foot and a half tall once you built it, you know, properly you big. You could thing. combine, you could combine them together to create larger creatures. You could, well, I think you, you could, could to yeah. fight him. Yeah, they would, they would, they would become one super Bionicle. And Which so for an months. an entirely brand new idea that nobody had ever thought of before. Yes, no, no Gundam or uh, Power Rangers or anything getting copyright worries there. Absolutely not. And uh, and so for months and months and months, I was saying to my dad, "I want Makuta for Christmas." And my father, being the man he is, would just sing Hakuna Matata back at me every single time. And being Fantastic. seven, well, I, I would just be incensed. But I was like, "No, Dad, it's serious. I really want this for Christmas." He'd be like, "Hakuna Matata." <laughs> That's a very good impression. Uh, it's yeah, like once again, Sylvester Stallone sings Hakuna Matata. And um, and like, but I did get it. And right on cue, I built it, played with it about twice, and then forgot about it. Classic. Oh, children, they're the worst, aren't they? That was, so Lego and Meccano, I, I mean, all of these things. And Meccano, I had some Meccano. I had plastic Meccano. I didn't have metal. I had I had a bit of metal Meccano, but it was really difficult. 
it was yes, properly no, it properly tough to do. Like one of the reasons that will be is because he, the, Mr. Meccano, um, I can't remember his name. Oh, Frank Hornby. Sorry, oh. that's his name. Did you want to just there take a go. moment to uh, apologise for your sin there? There you go. Yes, um, Frank Hornby. Uh, sorry, my, Frank. My, sin- my sincerest apologies. Sorry, Frank. Please, oh, sorry. Me. Please forgive me. Uh, Please forgive me, Frank. I'm so sorry. Don't, don't take it away from me. Oh, it's Michael Caine, isn't it? <laughs> it's your increasingly wobbly Michael Caine. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hey, 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 guys. I was more wobbly the more he don't stand. Imagine if he sounded like that when he was doing the Italian job. I only suppose the blind bloody doors off, Mr. Batman. <laughs> Mr. Batman. He doesn't call him Mr. Batman. <laughs> Does he not? Oh, okay, sorry. I've buried, I've buried 25 him, Batman. I think he calls him capes. Mr. Wayne. Mr. Batman. It depends if he's wearing his uniform or not. <laughs> anyway, I've failed where you, were we? Mr. Mr. Batman. <laughs> I've failed you. I've buried you, Mercado, in the lawn. He's <laughs> uh, out there. With Frank Hornby, and he's looking at it, and he's very upset. Um, so I had Meccano. What was I saying about Meccano? Oh, yes, he purposely made the instructions wrong. Yes. So every fifth instruction would have a mistake in it. What? Bastard. On, on purpose, so that children had to use their own ingenuity oh, to solve the was, problems. There was a generation, wasn't there, of, of people saying, these children need to be put through their paces. We need to give them hard, difficult, unpleasant things to do so they'll learn to be members of society. And as a teacher, I can see where he's coming from. Adding challenge to a task is definitely a good thing. But it had absolutely no support for those kids who were either too young or not practised enough to understand how to solve these problems and would have just got frustrated and stopped. Well, exactly, because, I, mean, I mean, unless it says somewhere on the box or in the instructions, like, we've, we've laid some traps for you, you're going to... You would just get there and think, this is rubbish and stop, yeah, wouldn't you? You would. Well, nowadays you'd go, oh, it's a mistake. It's a typo. Something's gone wrong. Yeah. But no, there were purposeful mistakes in the instructions so that children had to solve problems as they went along in That's order sadistic. to create it. <laughs> That's sadistic. That's so bizarre. But then I suppose back in those days, there was nothing else to do, was there? So you'd be like, well, I suppose I shall have to continue tinkering with this spanner until something happens. And it was all about making boys men. They had to uh, yes. solve problems. This is real world. There will be mistakes and instructions in the real world. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, but it was good. I enjoyed Meccano. My Meccano was plastic, and at the point was owned by the French, as I think it still is. Yes. Um, everything's owned by the French now, apparently, including this podcast. Including Everyone? this. What do you buy? Zutalor, the Zutalor. French company. <laughs> Naughty kids. Um, Naughty kids. Le- <laughs> Sponsored Did by you? Brie this week. Sponsored by Brie. We've been sponsored by a number of people in the past. Now it's Brie. This episode brought to you by Brie. Creamy, creamy goodness. Put it on your bread. I think talking of boys becoming men and men becoming boys. Mm. Um, action man. Action man. Action nice. man. Action man grew or indeed action over men. time. Or indeed action many. man. You could have several. Uh, and and uh, as time as time went on, he he changed, didn't he? We were talking about this uh, a little while ago. From at first, he was he was a paratrooper in in the British Army during yes. the World War Two, and, and he, he used to fight smart, alongside short haircut. Yes, and he was very proper and British. And, and he was about seven feet tall and rippling muscles, and he used to just eat Nazis literally for breakfast. Yeah, and 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 he he was we had books from the 70s about action man and called things like the battle for monte cassino and and he'd, he'd run snow in ice and bullets sorry snow ice and bullets that was another one what a name for a book that is and what was it like? hold the bridge hold the bridge and hold in every bridge. single one Don't put it down keep it in your hands hold it <laughs> hold it up. hold it's it fall down and in every one action man was dispatched single-handedly along with gi joe so quadruple handedly to stop the nazis and he would he would roll up with he he what was he, he carried a was he a Sten gun or a Bren like gun? A he was probably a, a, he was probably a Bren gun, wasn't he? Because he was that kind of that kind of manly man from the ankle. Yeah, that's how cool he was. <laughs> Not even the hip. He was so like a, so much cooler than that. Like a punk plays the guitar, right? right yeah. Down. 
and Daka, uh, Daka, Daka. and he would single-handedly manage to destroy an entire battalion of Nazis and exactly and somehow and not win the be. war but this these single but feats that, that battle yeah and at the very and end he'd... it would be all just about to go terribly wrong and then the boys would arrive over the hill and everything would be fine exactly and he'd blow up a tank with a toothbrush or something <laughs> and that's yes. but that's but, but... not the action man that we had as children no. is it our action we man had orange. we had the we had slick gelled back hair and neatly you know trimmed face clean shaven and smooth and, and orange do you not remember he was and orange. orange they they were weirdly tanned and he looked more like i'd say he was more of a james bond than a than a soldier he was a strange thing wasn't he it was because I, I i we definitely talked about this before did we talk about it on a podcast episode or we just talk about it as humans i think we just talked about it Jolly good. I don't want to bore people. I well, think from now we should just record all of our conversations in case <laughs> they have some sort of facility for this podcast. But the, the thing that was really strange when when we were kids was that he he existed in this sort of slightly trippy alternate universe that was almost, I guess, more like a superhero thing. Where because yes. he fought Doctor X, didn't he? And there was also one who had sort of gunge gungeness. There was like a gunge villain. I can't remember exactly what his thing was but there was they, they were Probably all a bit a sort of gunge <laughs> ah yes dr x and professor gunge terry teaching... terry gunge terry gunge call it colin x anyway so my my good story about action man yeah is the is the kite story because we had as i think i've mentioned to you before we had a an excellent kite that action man would would clip onto and he had a little parachute and he'd go flying up the line and then fly down at the end of it and mm. and you'd have to go running around trying to trying to pick him up and make sure he hadn't fallen into a sheep. The other thing was that basically we we for some reason my parents were like we have to go into the middle of the, in the middle of the moors to play with this kite because I think presumably because there were power power lines around where we lived, right. um, and my parents you know didn't want us to fry ourselves by flying this action man kite above the railway line or whatever. And the, the, but and yeah, despite living between the dales and the moors, there was apparently only one place in the entire moors where we could fly this kite. There was this right. one particular spot we would go to and we would fly the kite at. And then one day a farmer built a fence across it, which meant that if Action Man flew wrong with the wind, he would end up in the middle of the field and we wouldn't be able to get him back because it had barbed wire fence around it. So that was it. We never is flew this, it ever is again. This behind your house? No, no, it was, it was it was beyond Laws Motherly. It was up in the up in the, oh, wow, the, wow, yeah, the yeah, moors. It was a farm beyond. But uh, it's, so, the thing, it's strange because I think there's plenty of moors and dales in which one might fly a kite, but we were just like, oh, that's that then. And Action Man it, went was away. It just and... a, was it a kite with his logo on? Or was, was he somehow carried up in the kite as well and then he parachuted off the kite or something? That was, Exactly, yeah, because so the, 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 the kite, I think the kite must have had the Action Man logo on it. And it was just a normal a normal kite, like in a triangular A common kite. or garden kite. A yeah. common or garden kite. And then you attached Action Man to it. Um, he had like a little... Was it attached to his hands or attached to something? Anyway, there was like a little a little um, uh, clip thing that you would clip onto the wire that you that mm -hmm. you were that had the kite at the other end of it. Yeah. And then he had a parachute that was attached to his backpack, and that would fill with the wind, and it would pull Fly him up, up the, the line because he. Oh could, wow! It was, and he would go, you know, right the way up to the top of the where the kite was, you know, which is obviously usually a pretty pretty long way away. Yeah. yeah and yeah. when it got to the kite, there was a little plastic doodly on the. Uh, on the string. This is fantastic. It was excellent, and that that would cut him. Well, not cut, but you know, he, that would disengage him. Set something him free. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to do with how it was attached. It would go, and he would come off, and then he would he would parachute down, and and quite a long way, you know. Because that was that was always the problem with kind of parachute toys in general was that you threw them from your bedroom window, <laughs> and they, they only, <laughs> and then they only just got enough kind of airspeed for the parachute to open just before they hit the ground and you're like huh. yeah pointless but it actually really oh, no. worked it was it was it was very pleasing to watch that's got to be one of the most action man action man things yeah it was good and it's quite an inventive thing really because and, and i suppose it's it's a good kind of toy because it required you to be well not necessarily i suppose but it really you know, required you to be with people and it was part of a day out and it yeah, was absolutely. you know it, and you had to have the right weather and yeah. all the rest of it, so it 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 definitely you know encouraged interpersonal play. Um, and it took it took Action Man himself back to his roots, I suppose, as a as a paratrooper. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So he was happy. He, he, he was, like, he, was he would appreciated that. You know, it's like, like the olden days back in Nam. And what does um, he sound like? What's what's his voice? That's his that's his voice back Is in Nam. 
He's I, very old now. He probably sounded like, hello, no. action man, here to save the day. <laughs> hello, Jolly action Rod. man. Actually, I always imagine him being American. He I always thought he was American. He, he sort of has that sort of uh, Clint Eastwood. I mean, that's, that, he's, uh, he's very Clint I'm Eastwood. I'm action man. <laughs> oh, how you doing? Oh. That I would want. A little action man. That reminds me of another thing that I may have talked about in our... I don't know what this conversation is that's haunting us that we, we've had at some point in the past that we can't remember. But yeah. I had a I had a brilliant helicopter toy that sat... It had like a base that sat in the middle of the room and attached to it there was a really long arm and at the end of the arm there was a helicopter with, with rotors that span. Yes. And you And you had two levers... One of which controlled the speed of the rotor blade spinning and one of which controlled the tilt of the helicopter so that you could okay, fly it right. in a circle. And it was brilliant because you'd wind it up and and it would and it would and it would take off. I mean it was obviously anchored to the to the oh, arm, that's but it would cool. it would take off. And then you could just you know, if you slightly tilted it forward and it would start flying around the room in circles anchored to this point. Um and it was really difficult to get right. You, most of the time it would it would careen into the floor and then the rotors were designed to come off easily so they didn't break and they had a well, i suppose you're, you're flying one half of the controls of an actual helicopter there aren't you yeah well what's the other half the floor, foot pedals well yes you'd, you'd have a bit of side to side and you'd have a bit of well you had forward and back yeah so you'd have side to side and you have you so you'd have your and roll is what you'd have right yeah to what you had there it was really good. It was another one but about yeah. a scale X trick, though. You were constantly going under the sofa looking for the blades that had gone flying away. Yes. And another one where it is just a toy that goes around in a circle. Yes. There it seems to be... How, ma how many children's toys just go around? <laughs> I suppose it's Anchor because kids Anchored live... to reality itself, sadly. Yes. I suppose kids live, you know, relatively in a relatively small physical area, don't they? they you know. I think they generally do, yes. This Although is probably them, also... It feels a lot bigger. I think this also speaks to the fact, of course, that neither of us played with many outdoor toys. <laughs> we were rather indoorsy yeah, sorts like, of children. I had a bicycle. I think that's about yes. as much as outdoors ever really got. Yeah, I had a bicycle. Oh, no, Which I built tents. I built tents in the garden. We had a great big stack of... This is relevant because we're talking about toys. Yeah, no, go for it. Um, tell, tell us about We had tents. a great big stack of bamboo poles. Now, these weren't kind of weedy little ones that you'd use to you know, prop up your beans. These were stout, kind of inch-diameter bamboo poles. Very good. And then we had these throws that used to be on the sofas. And so these great big kind of four by four meter pieces of quite heavy fabric and a bag a bag of little bits of, well, we had a roller string, which eventually became a bag of bits of string. And you, we'd tie together all these bamboos into this kind of quite impressive structure and then drape over the top these. Amazing. Throws. And we'd make our own tents. That sounds our brilliant. Own design. And because if you got the bamboo and the tying right, you could kind of stand on the next level of the structure. So you could have two layer tents and things like this. Oh, wow. With with, with a second floor. That's so cool. That sounds very It Harry was Potter. really cool. It was really, really cool. And you, you kind of dug them into the ground a bit for the main upright so that they didn't uh, fall over. Very good. But it was a great, great lesson in building structures. So we have come to the end of the episode uh, and... I think we're probably gonna gonna leave it there for toys for now. I think we've probably we think we probably finished with toys. We may come back next week and do video games, which is of course a whole another world of wonder and joy and wonderment and the, delight. And some say, some some call them the virtual toy. Some some do. Some call them video games. Yeah, and and both are true and right and correct. But in closing, uh, toys toys. What <laughs> what do you are we what for do you consider? or against? Are we for or against toys? Do we think children should be left in cages with misery and only sadness, or do we think they should be given entertainment and joy? Are today's children failing to engage with toys in the way we did? Were things better in the late nineties and/or early noughties? Your thoughts, please. How many did? How could you? Why would they? If and even, when? but but why could they? But who? And of course. Thank you, France. And on that note, good evening. And goodbye.